Heavenly Father, today, as we go to your word, God, I thank you that your word is what we need. Lord, we don't need self-help stuff. We don't need other uh, uh, man's ideas. We don't need uh, man's wisdom only, but we need your supernatural input. God, we need your supernatural wisdom. We need your supernatural knowledge. God, I thank you that your word has everything that we need. I thank you for speaking to us today. I thank you for revelation knowledge. And I thank you, Lord, that we leave here better, more equipped than the way we came in, ready to take on whatever the week may have in store for us, for us, because we know that you shall supply all of our needs and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, I thank you for it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. come on, say a better amen than that. Say amen. amen. I want you to turn to John chapter 10, John chapter 10, as you're turning it. I promise I will not have you repeat stuff all morning, but I want you to repeat one more statement with us. This is going to be kind of our, our um, mantra for this season that we're in. Supernatural. I want you to say this. Say, I serve a supernatural God. I live a supernatural life. God wants me to have the supernatural Excuse me one second while I do some homework. I, Brother Lewis, I forgot to tell you, I put that camera over here in the front alcove area. If you want or whoever wants to do it, take pictures or whatever, I forgot to tell you where I put it. If you were looking for it, you might not have looked for it there. But that's where I put it and I put it on charge. Amen. Y'all forgive me for that. It's amazing what comes to you in the middle. <laughs> um, all right. So what are we saying today? I serve a supernatural God. I live a supernatural life, and God wants me to have the supernatural. You serve a supernatural God. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. He, he's, he's correcting and settling for everybody that's on looking, that's watching him. He's putting a standard down that we must know and we must live by. The thief, and this is, he's referring to Satan, and, and any, anything that Satan has put in our path that would thieve from us, he says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then he clarifies, why did I come? Why, why, why did I come? Jesus says, why am I here? What is the purpose of God sending me? What is the purpose of, of, of a Messiah coming to this earth? Because they were infatuated. They had for thousands of years dreamed up what would happen when the Messiah showed up. They thought it had to do with worldly kingdoms. They thought it had to do with, with uh, uh, establishing um, certain things in Israel that were, that were tangible uh, they, they thought it was overthrowing Roman governments. They thought it was all kinds of stuff. And they become very religious in, the, in the, um, uh, the way they were looking toward the Messiah and what he would do. But he sets the record straight. He says, I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Now this is certainly referring to everlasting life. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came. But the Bible tells us several things that Jesus supplied for us on the cross. As a matter of fact, it was prophesied back in Isaiah 
You can see where Isaiah said uh, before he, no one had even seen. No one had even seen crucifixion. No one even knew what that was or what it looked like or, or could even contemplate it. But he described the crucifixion that Jesus would go through, Isaiah, the prophet, thousands of years before. And then he said this, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Healing was provided on the cross. The Bible also tells us that Jesus became poor that we might become rich. Well, that, you know, some would say that that has to do with spiritual poverty. Jesus was not spiritually poor. Like, not at all. That did not have to do with spiritual poverty. Were you saying that Jesus would have me have, have a, a, a Rolls Royce? I'm not, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying he won't. The, the thing that God does not want, that Jesus does not want, he does not want the Rolls Royce to have you. And many of us, if we were to get a Rolls Royce, it would have us. Which is why Jesus said, be faithful in the little. Be faithful in what you have. You know, to tag on to, to, to my offering teaching, this is not an offering teaching anymore, but just to, this has to do with Matthew chapter 6 and how we live our lives. When we make a determination how we're going to serve God, God notices. I'm going to say that again. When, when we make a determination, hey, this is how I'm going to serve God. I'm going to follow his word. I'm going to follow it to the best of my abilities. I'm going to do everything I can to serve him with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. And I'm going to do what I know is in my heart that I have to do. Then I know God sees it. He takes note of it. He pays attention. The Bible says that his eyes go about uh, the earth looking for who is following his word. He's looking, he's looking for who's following my word, who's actually paying attention. And, and, and so when we, when we look at John 10, John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they, who's they? Everybody say me. That they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God did not come just for you to have a mediocre life. He didn't. He did not just come for you to have eternal life. Because if he did, why would he say to have it more abundantly? Eternal is eternal. There is no more abundance after eternal. Uh, If he says you can have life more abundantly, he was not just talking about eternal life. Because there is no abundance to that any more than what it already is. It's eternal. It's it's not going to end. There is no more than what it is. It is forever and ever and ever. Eternal life is eternal. He said, I came to give you that, but also came to give you life more abundantly. That you should have everything on this earth that you need to do what I've called you to do. You, you, You are not supposed to struggle. The Bible says that that afflictions come on the righteous, but he has delivered us from all the afflictions. So many people focus on the afflictions, forgetting that, hey, we have a supernatural God that's meant to deliver me from the affliction. And so what, when, when we're talking about supernatural, everybody say supernatural. supernatural. Some of what I just said, I say often, I hope you don't get tired of hearing it because I don't get tired of preaching it. Because I myself need to be encouraged and reminded that whatever I'm facing is not too big for my God. Can you say amen this morning? 
Whatever I'm facing, whatever challenge is ahead of me, it is not too big for my God. My God is able to supply. We've quoted it a hundred times already today. My God is able to supply. He shall supply. He has everything that I need. I don't, there's not one thing that could come up in my path, come up in my way that is, is super big enough to, God's up there going, oh, now this one I didn't see coming. Uh, hey, Gabriel, uh, hey, can you help me figure out, uh, I hadn't seen this before. I got to figure out how to help John down there get over this. Uh, can you go pull that book off the bookshelf? I think we got a book on this one. God's not wondering how to get you through what you, what you are facing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he knows your needs before you even have them. And here he says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. There's an abundance that we should be living in. When, when I, when, right after we started the church, this is such a good story. The Lord reminded me of this story this morning. You can take the verse down for just a second. Uh, we, these green chairs you're sitting in, we did not have them. We started um, with, uh, with some nice chairs, but I think there were only about 50 of them or 60 of them. We knew we would need more. And so, uh, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. When we started the church, I was just trying to figure out what I was doing. Anybody else? Anybody else ever been there where you're just trying, you're just trying to figure out what you're doing? And so I'm, I'm floundering. I'll be honest with you. I'm floundering. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. I, I, I know God called me, but I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this thing that God called me to do? And there were little things that God did, like this story I'm about to tell you, that helped me in the midst of me wondering, okay, I, I, sometimes we get so focused on, on one thing in our life that we forget the bigger picture. That God came to give us life and life more abundantly. And that the thing that we get so fixated on, we cannot make it bigger than God is. God is bigger than the thing. And so a pastor in Georgia that we're kind of uh, connected with, he calls me and says, hey, saw you started the church, man. How's it going? I'm telling him how's it going. He said, listen, we had this thing come up. We got um, uh, uh, an insurance, somehow, oh, I know what it was. He had his chairs stolen because they were, they were also mobile, but they had all their stuff in a trailer. Somebody stole their trailer, stole all their chairs. He said, so it took a while to get the insurance claim. So we bought chairs. Then we got the insurance claim. And then we bought, you know, more chairs and bought the ones that we wanted. So we have these chairs. And he explained them to me. He described them. He said, hey, would you like the chairs? I said, yeah. How many? And he told me it was 100, I think it's 105 chairs, 107 chairs. I said, that's perfect. That's exactly what we need. He said, okay, uh, now I'll be honest with you. When he said that, I was thinking, when are you coming to bring them to me? And he says, hey, when are you coming to get them? And I said, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know because I don't have a trailer. I don't have, you know, I got to figure out how to get there, get, get a trailer, you know, blah, blah, blah. So finally, get that all orchestrated, make my way to Georgia, fill the trailer with chairs, strap them down, and I'm heading back to Columbia. Now keep in mind, uh, I don't know many people here. The church just started. As a matter of fact, I may have still been living in Florence when we, we bought it. We owned a house in Florence. And so as you can imagine, selling the house took some time. 
and, and we actually, this all fell in our, in our lap and we started the church faster than we sold our house. Once we put our house on the market, it sold in seven days, but it took us a while to get it on the market. I, I think I was still living in Florence. This is how, how soon it was right after we started the church. I'm, I'm right over past West Columbia, Irmo area, coming down 20, coming from Georgia, and uh, I, I've driven trailers for many years, so I know to look in the, in the side view mirrors, and you always check and make sure that the trailer's doing okay. You make sure that you can see the lights, because especially if it's, start, if it's starting to get dark, you make sure that you can see all that. I've, I'm trained to, to watch that. And, uh, uh, but you, you know, you can't drive looking at the rear view mirror, you drive looking forward, but periodically you have to check the side mirror. So I, I'm checking the mirrors. I look at the exact time that on the passenger side, tire blows. I watch it, and I see the rubber flying. It gets tangled up, flies up in the air. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I could feel the, the trailer start, uh, you know, if you have a tandem axle, with, with two tires on each side, and you lose a tire, it, it can go, but it won't drive straight, especially if you have a lot of weight on it. And it's really not good to do that. That's why it has all the tires that it has. So I pull over, I, I, I don't have a tire, no tire, uh, I have nobody to call. My wife has the kids, they're, they're uh, uh, you know, and, and I don't know what much help she would be because, you know, She's got to get the kids, bring them all out. It just was going to be a mess. And she's in Florence. So it's not like we live here yet. She's in Florence. I, I got to get the chairs here in this building and then get it all back, get the trailer back to Florence, who I borrowed it from. I don't know what to do. And I'll be honest, in the moment, it see, I, it, you know, I, I just, I felt frustrated with everything going on. Uh, like I said, I was kind of, you know, figuring out what to do with the church. All this stuff is in my head. Has anybody ever been in your head? And you're saying, I'm, in, I'm, been to, I'm totally in my head. I didn't pray once. I'll be honest with you. I, I, don't, I think I did pray when I left, but I don't remember praying coming back. And here I am on the side of the road, no tire, trailer full of chairs, no one to help me, no one to call, don't know, don't, don't you know, don't really know anybody. And uh, I finally... Realize, you know, I should pray. I, re- I, should, I should pray. I need, to, I need to just pray. So I remember I kind of, right there on the side, wandered around, kicking the rocks, and said a, 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 a basic prayer. Lord, you know, thank you for helping me. But I started, everybody notice this, I started in the natural. I just start, I started just basically just a total head prayer. God, I, I thank you. Lord, I, 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 need, I need a tire. i got to figure out what to do. Lord, I thank you for helping me. And then I kept praying. Sometimes you have to keep praying and keep pushing and keep standing until you see something happen. You, you can't go off. Living by faith is not living by what we see. And so I do it. I, I kept praying. And, and, and this prayer turned into, I, it's probably not the best prayer I've ever prayed, but it went from natural to supernatural. I'm just, I don't know how to tell you other than inside I knew that I got an answer. I began to I asked God, and then I began to thank him. God, I thank you that somehow, someway, you helped me get out of this. God, this is your church. These are your chairs. God, you, you called me here. You called me. I began to pray like that. Instead of praying, well, I don't know. It's just I thought you would help me, and I thought I was just, you know. That's how I want. I'll be honest. That's how I wanted to pray. That's how Pastor JT's head wanted to pray. 
But my heart, as I began to pray and say, God, you are, and I don't think I used the word you're a supernatural God because we weren't in the middle of a supernatural season. But that's what I was saying. God, you're supernatural. You've got some way to pull this thing off. You've got some way to supply what I need. I kid you not. Minutes later, I, I may have still been kind of muttering, praying in my spirit. I, it, was, it was minutes. This guy pulls up, pulls up right beside my car in a truck, rolls down his window. He's got a guy in this passenger seat. Says, hey, need some help? Yeah, I, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. I, I, I hurtled over the, 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 the tongue of the trailer, came up to his driver's side. I mean, he probably felt threatened, you know, because I'm like running up to his car. But I'm like, yes, yes, I need help. How can, how can thy help me? And uh, begin talking to him, and he backs his car up, pulls up behind my car, and uh, he says, uh, let me take a look at it. He hops out, comes over, looks at the tire, says, yeah, this is no problem. Where's your spare tire? I said, uh, well, that's the thing. I don't have one. He said, don't worry. I know where there's a, a, a Harbor Freight. Um, do you think they have any? I tried to call. They didn't answer. Don't know if they had any. I said, well, it's worth a shot. Let's drive to the Harbor Freight. I, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I felt good in my spirit. I just, I felt good in my spirit. So I, he says, um, I don't have a back seat, but you can hop in the, in, the back, in the bed of the truck. So I hop in the bed of the truck of these guys that I don't know and drive to Harbor Freight to get a tire. Get to Harbor Freight. I, I'm looking around and, and finally ask somebody, hey, do you have this kind of tire? I've taken a picture of it. They say, hey, I think we do. One tire left that we needed buy the tire, hop back in the truck. They're excited. They're like, man, I'm trying to tell them, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea. You have no idea how much this is blessing me. Well, I, I still am thinking, somehow I've got to get this tire on the truck. I have no jack. I have no wrenches. I have no way to do that, but somehow, some way. And the guy says, well, help. Well, as I'm riding back, I don't know why I didn't pay attention to this on the, on the going, going there, but I look around, this guy has like a ton of tools in the bed of his truck. I didn't, I didn't pay attention the first time. I'm like, this is, this guy, this, maybe this guy could help me. I'll ask. He's already helped me a lot. So I worded it real carefully when we got back. Man, do you mind? And he said, he said, don't worry about it. And he hops out and he pulls out from under all the junk a NASCAR type winch. I'm talking about the ones that, 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 that you slide under and have you ever seen those? It's amazing. Because if you've ever tried to use the normal ones that are in the back of your car, where you slide the thing in, and you've raised it one centimeter, two centimeters, it'll take you three hours to jack up a car with one of those things. Have you ever seen that? These guys jump out, and then the other guy drive, grabs an impact driver wrench. Zip, zip, zip. It, it looked like a NASCAR pit stop. The guys jump out the back, grab the stuff, grab the winch, grab the drill, grab the tire out of my hands. I, I, I got to find the picture because I have a picture of this. They slide up under there, choo, 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 pump up the, the, the trailer, zip, 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 zip. take off the, the flat tire, put the new one on, zip, 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 zip. put it down, drop the winch and said, hey man, you're set. I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. How much do I owe you? How much can I give you? How much can I, you know, and then they wouldn't take a dime. Wouldn't take a thing. And, and then the guy says this. I'll never forget it. He said, you know what's funny, man? This isn't even my exit. 
We were driving down the interstate. We're supposed to be two exits down here at exit such and such. I don't even know why we got off of this exit. And I just lifted up my hands. I said, I know why. Because I prayed, and man, I needed you. And I've told him, I said, this is what we're doing. This is for a church. And this is, I'm beginning to tell him what we're doing. He said, well, man, I'm so glad we could help you. Have a blessed day. And drove off. We serve. If you don't hear anything else that I say today, hear me when I tell you that God doesn't love me any more than he loves you, that that story is not applicable just because I'm Pastor JT with church chairs in the trailer, that whatever you need, whatever that God has to supply, he can get you the supply. He can call someone to pull off the interstate at the wrong exit, pull right up with a winch and an impact driver and change your tire for you. Your God has everything that you need. He shall supply all of your needs, and he shall not leave you empty. He's not going to leave you barren. He's not going to leave you wondering how to get through the next day. If you want to be infatuated with not getting through, you can. But that's not what God wants for you. He wants to get you through. He wants to see you hurdle whatever the devil puts in your way. You know, you know, God actually likes, I mean, if you think about what Jesus did, Jesus took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says that he, he uh, uh, paraded over him openly. That when Jesus defeated the devil, because Jesus knew what he was doing, he died for us. He had to do it. It wasn't that he just let him let the devil do that to him. The devil thought he was killing the Messiah for good, and then Jesus rose from the grave. When he did, it says that he paraded over the devil openly. We, we haven't got, he actually takes joy in beating up the devil. I think we should take a little bit more joy in beating up the devil. A little bit more excitement when the devil gets what he deserves. When he tries to come against you and come again and put something in you, ha, look at him, look at, oh, I got him this, whatever, whatever it is. And then when you get over it, man, parade over that thing. Put up some banners, put up some flags and say, no, I serve a supernatural God. I serve a God who's able to make everything I need happen. When, 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 when Isaac was getting sacrificed, God put, put a ram in there. Uh, um, let, me, let, me, let me read the story from Hannah. Look at what happened with Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. So, by the way, Hannah was barren. She could not have kids. She arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, and the Eli the priest was sitting on a seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, that I will give him to the Lord. She made a declaration that what you're supplying to me is not mine. If you're looking for supernatural supply, supernatural breakthrough in your life, the first thing you need to understand, the first decision mainstay in your life that you have to say, this is how I'm going to use what God supplied. For me, it's not mine. It's, it's not mine. It's his. It's what, whatever God wants to do with it. And whatever finances that I have, they're, they're, they're God. God, here's what, I, here's what I need. Can I live on this? Can I do this? You know, I don't get bothered 
when, when, when a, a, a pastor or preacher does well, financially well, if I know what he's doing, because most of them will just tell you stories of what they're doing with their money. You know, I, I, I'm, there's one guy I know, I'm not a fan of everything that he does. I don't agree with him on all of his doctrine, but he has, he's taking a lot of flack because he has jets. And I can see, I can see the thoughts, but you know, the guy, this is just one thing I know, gave $63 million to Reinhard Bonnke, who was one of our generation's greatest, he just went on to be with the Lord, I believe, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, one of the greatest, I'm talking about, have you ever seen those videos where there's so many people in a crusade in other countries, like you can't even see where the people end? Like they have the camera at the stage and you just see hundreds of thousands of people hearing the gospel, getting saved. This guy saw millions of people saved. Their lives changed forever in other countries. And the guy I'm talking about gave him 63, just this guy, gave him $63 million for his campaigns, for all of his, his uh, crusades that he was doing. You know, if you're, if you're saying, God, I'll give you Whatever you give me, the Bible's clear, God continues to give to you. And if you use what God gives you for the glory of the Lord, he'll keep supplying. Like, he's a never-ending supply. Supernatural breakthrough comes when you decide, God, whatever you give me, I'm going to not only use it to get through this situation, but I'm going to use it for your glory. That testimony that I get to share, I don't just share in church. That's a testimony that I can pull out of my pocket at Starbucks when I'm witnessing to somebody. At a restaurant, when somebody says, well, I, I, I've served God, and I, I, you know, or they, they usually say this way, well, I went to church growing up, and I just never saw God do anything. And I get to pull out, I, I got, I've, got, I've got story after story after story like that. You, you can't tell me that God won't do things in your life because I've seen it. But I realize the importance. Hey, I've got to have an attitude that, that my God, my, my God is the God that's going to supply. And then I'm going to take his supply and give him the glory for it. And when I give him the glory for it, his kingdom grows, not me. Not me. I don't need to grow. I don't need anything else. I, I, I just, all I need to do is what you called me to do. Everybody say Amen. In Acts chapter 16, we looked at an Old Testament story. This is, this is an interesting story that, that might not seem like it has to do much with supernatural breakthrough. But, but I, I, want you to, I want you to realize how, how when you move in the things of God, when you walk in the things of God, how other people and how the devil himself takes note. I want you to notice how they see what you're going through. How they see what you're facing. This is, this is uh, Paul. He's, he's going through Acts. He's, he's got a, a situation where this lady is following him. He says, now what happened, this is verse 16, Acts 16, verse 16. Chapter 16, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl who was possessed with a spirit of divination met us 
who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us, and she cried out saying, these men, notice what she said. She followed them. She saw what God did in their life. She saw the results of the miracles that they did. And the spirit that was in her caused her to say these words. These men are servants of the most high God. I want you to say this out loud. Say, I serve the most high God. She said, these guys are serving the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And the next verse, verse 18, talks about how they cast the spirit out and set her free. Why? Because they serve the most high God. Sometimes you need to look your situation in the face and say, I know you seem high. I know you seem big, but you are not higher than my God. I serve a supernatural God with supernatural supply, with supernatural, that can make supernatural things happen that will blow the minds of everybody who's looking in my life. And when I get done with this, I'm going to have people around me say, she serves the most high God. He serves. I know, I know, I know he prays. I, I know, I know she I know she, see, some people just make it about going to church. It's not just about going to church. I I believe going to church is important for several reasons. Iron sharpens iron. We get better around each other. And also the church, I believe, is the, 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 the greatest hope for at least America because it's already a part of our culture for people to congregate, to hear the word. And to, to, to grow in some way, to grow spiritually. And so if we get people connected to the right source where they're getting the right word and they're in a place that's full of the spirit, then they're going to see actual supernatural change in their life. So when you come to church, you help that happen. You grow, but you can also get plugged into your church by serving, by giving, by doing different things and help the church fulfill its mission. God gave us, uh, um, you, know, you know, I'm not just a man. God called me and anointed me as a pastor. The Bible says that part of my job is to, to equip the saints. To equip the saints. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm not just equipping you for, for, so you feel better today and then you get beat up the rest of the week by the devil. I'm equipping you so that when the devil comes against you, you've got an arsenal No, 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 no. I'm not going backwards this week. I may have gone backwards before. I'm not going backwards anymore. I'm going up. I'm going forward. Can you say amen? Why? Why why would God want to bless me like that? Why would God want to do that? Because in order for his kingdom to grow, it starts with one. I want you to think about this. In the Bible, we're told that Jesus is, is the head of the church. He's the head. We are the body. Everybody say, I'm the body. If we're the body of Christ, we hear it quoted this way a lot, although this is not verbatim in the Bible, we'll say we're the hands and feet of God. We're the hands and feet. What that means is we're the body. Whether you're a hand, a foot, a toe, an elbow, a nose, an eyeball, an eyelash, whatever part of the body you are, you're part of the body. But I want you to think about it this way. When Jesus was on the earth, he was the only body of Christ on the earth. So everything that Jesus did is an example of what we should be doing. 
Because he said, I am going to the Father. This is all in John chapter 14. And I'm going to read you one verse out of it in a second. But you can go home and read all of it. He said, believe in me, because if you believe in me, actually, I'm going I'm to read it right now. So that way I don't misquote it. Where are we at? Come on, you're in here somewhere. John chapter 14. There you are. Verses, so it's actually three verses. Y'all forgive me, I didn't mean to lie. John 14, 11 and 12. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. He was talking about why am I doing the things that I'm doing. He said either believe me because you see the Father in me, or believe me because of the works. Then he clarifies, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, if you believe in Jesus, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Every time Jesus referenced going to the Father, every time he referenced going to the Father, he was referencing the coming of the Holy Spirit. If he referenced going to the Father, Jesus had to go to the Father because in order for the Holy Spirit to come, he had to die. He had to go down to hell, take the keys of death down the grave. He had to rise from the dead. He had to overcome death. Then he had to ascend to heaven in order for the Holy Spirit to come. He did it in a matter of days, showed himself to hundreds of people. Then on the uh, 40th day, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell. When the Holy Spirit fell, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. If you've ever heard somebody speak in tongues or whatever, it's not something we should be afraid of, something we should be scared of. It's part of the supernatural God that we serve. He poured out a supernatural Holy Spirit, and that, th those people spoke in other tongues. It was a sign that they had been filled with the Spirit. They spoke with other tongues. Uh, on another day, maybe we can look at that, because in, in, um, in Corinthians, there's a whole chapter that Paul explained why we have tongues. What's the point of them? But the thing you have to realize is it's part of the supernatural results of being filled with the Spirit. It's a language you don't know. It's a language you don't have. Why? Why would it come? Peter, or, or uh, yeah, Peter, who, who in the natural denied Christ, um, uh, lopped off a dude's ear, who was just kind of, uh, you know, nincompoop, for lack of better terms. That was sort of funny. I got like three laughs. But he really was. In the natural. But what we're talking about during this season is that when you give your natural to God, he'll put the super on top of it and make it supernatural. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, believe in me and greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Be because I go and because the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to put super on your natural. When you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, to fill you up, to overflowing, so that you can't help but be a supernatural person everywhere you go. I mean, how do I do that? Well, well it's pretty simple. It's things we talk about all the time. My faith comes by hearing the word, so I'm going to read and study the word. I'm going to pray so I'm led. I'm led by God. And that God, God, God's spirit is built up in me. I'm going to fast every once in a while, so I'll put my flesh under, and my spirit man grows. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I, I, I wrote this down. Um, number, number, we, have to, we have to feed on the word of God and renew our minds, Romans 12. 
In John chapter 14, where we just were, in verse 1, he starts off the statement telling them, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled, but believe in God and believe also in me. I wrote this down, and I think this is for us today. You ready? A troubled heart is a supernatural stopper. He said, believe in God and believe also in me. A, a, a troubled heart. What does that mean? You know, your, your head can have questions. Pastor Steve made this statement to me, actually a couple of times. But one time in particular, it stood out. He, he, he could see that I was troubled. I was, I was going through something. I was trying to figure it out. And he said, don't let that go from your head to your heart. I didn't understand it at the time. I'll be honest, I didn't. But through the years, I've understood what, what that means. That, that I cannot allow my heart, my spirit, my, my, the, the, the part of me where God resides, I cannot allow that to get full of what's happening around me. How do you build up your spirit? By doing all the things I just mentioned. Spending time in the Word. Uh, 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 you know, obeying God. The, the, being willing and obedient. Not just willing, but being obedient. When God says to do something, I'm going to do it. Keeping myself in position where I'm under the umbrella of God's blessing and under the umbrella of his protection. Are you saying you have to be perfect? No, but I should be striving for it. I should be shooting for it. I'm not going to wake up every day and say, oh, man, how many times can I mess up today and have God forgive me? I mean, will he? Sure. If I ask for forgiveness, he'll forgive me. But I'm not waking up looking for ways to, to drop the ball. No, no football player leaves the line, hope they get the catch or, or get the, the, the handoff and then hope they fumble. Hope they get tackled. Man, I hope I only make one yard today. I mean, I watched Clemson play last night. That's my team, by the way. I watched them play last night. I'm a Clemson grad, so don't judge me, okay? I know I live in Columbia, but listen, I'm a Clemson grad. I watched them play, and they, 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 the first half, they, they stunk it up, man. Stunk it up. I, they were mad. They were upset. They were not, they were not satisfied with their life being subpar, with their gameplay being subpar. And we should not be satisfied with our life being subpar. We, we, sh we should say, okay, all right, at some point, you know what? I actually believe what's in the Bible. I actually believe it. it, it, it's, it it's, it's real. It's true. It's living. It's powerful. When you know it, I know it because I feel the anointing on me. I'm believing if you're open to it, it's transferring to you. And you'll feel supernaturally empowered. That's my job. But if you only come to church once every three weeks, you're going to be at a disadvantage. It's not that you're, God doesn't love you. It's not that you're not going to heaven. But you're going to be at a disadvantage for your daily tasks. If you don't pray all week, you don't read any word all week, you don't listen to any of the preaching all week, you don't spend any time in the presence of God all week, you don't praise and worship God all week, and you just wait till the next time you come to church to get in his presence, you're going to be at a severe disadvantage. I, I'm not going to love you any less. I'm not going to judge you. If, you. if you left here today and came back three months from now, I'm going to love you the same. High five you, wrap my arms around you, man, so glad you're here. Oh, it's awesome to see you. It's going to be a great day today. Glad you're here. Can't wait. See what God's going to do. I'm going. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to, there's also a realization we must have that we're at a disadvantage because if I'm not tapping into everything God's made available to me, 
We must take our eyes off of any problems and focus on God. Hebrews 12, 2. I'm going to end with this one because i got to close. In Galatians chapter 6, these are things that we can do to tap in to supernatural provision, supernatural uh, breakthrough. I've got a lot of them, but I can't go through all of them because, as you can tell, I get stuck on a point for a long time, and I get real excited about it, and then... Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Never see that heart again. If we don't lose heart, how do you lose heart? How does my, how does my heart get, I mean, you don't literally physically, like your heart jumps out of your body. How do you lose heart? What happens is, is that you allow what's around you to get in your heart and your belief system breaks down. You begin to believe in what you're facing more than you believe the word and the spirit that resides in you. And you, and you, and you lose heart. You lose the foundation. One way we can say it is this. You lose the foundation of the spiritual basis that happened when God says in, 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 the, in the New Testament, all things, actually says this, behold, old things have passed away, all things have become new. When you got saved, you didn't change your hair color, skin color, any of those things. What became new? Your heart. On the inside, you became different. On the inside, you said, man, something, I, 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 feel, like, oh, I, I feel like somebody loves me. I, I feel like I, I, can actually, I can actually, I have a purpose. I have a, I have a mission. Whatever it is, there, there, there's these feelings we have that we have those feelings in the natural when we get saved, but they start in your heart. They're birthed out of your heart. And in order for you to fully tap into the supernatural in your life, you can't lose heart. This is the title, this third point that that I'm making is don't give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. Don't quit. Don't stop now. Don't, 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 don't go backwards. Don't take, I, I know you may feel like you're at a lull right now. If you were on a plateau and you got saved and then all of a sudden, or, or you were on an uphill thing and now you feel like you're on a plateau and, you're, and you feel like you're just, you've just plateaued and you're, just, you're cruising along, uh, uh, now's the time to not give up. Because it says if you don't give up in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. If you do not lose heart, if you don't quit, if you don't get, if you, listen, here's what you can't do. Well, my mom always said this Christian stuff was a bunch of mess. That's a step backwards. Well, I don't know how. Step backwards. Well, I'm just, you know what? I just, I, I, I can't even, I can't even deal with this today. I can't even, yes, you can. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. Sometimes you got to just say, I don't, I don't care what else comes my way. Today, I may not be able to take a step, but I'm going to stand. 
I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand on his promises. I'm going to stand on what he told me. Come on, church. Are you, are you not, are you not believe that the God we serve is able to make all sufficiency, all grace, make it all come your way? If I just stand, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to stand. My job is not to try to figure out in the future and foretell everything. I'm, I'm here to let the supernatural flow out of my life. Back to my point about God's, uh, Jesus' body. He went to heaven. We're his body. We should be doing what he did. We're his hands and feet. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I go to the Father. Greater works will you do because I go. Well, how do we do the greater works? Well, it's not by might. It's, it's, I mean, uh, what is that, 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 2? When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Listen to that. This is Paul. He's saying, when I preached to you, they were not persuasive words. They were not men's wisdom. But I came to you in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith has got to stand in the power. Not, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power. Not in the things that, that, that I can see. You know, there, there may be six steps to whatever that you do. But the only reason those six steps are going to work is because God put the super on your natural. Why are there 712 different diets out there? Because we all diet differently. We all lose weight differently. Why are there uh, all kinds of different jobs and, and, and different careers and career paths? Because we all work differently. It's not about your career path. It's, it's, you, know, you don't need to change your major eight different times, get eight different degrees, just get in the degree that God says, I'm going to bless that one. And you're going to have people around you that say, oh, well, you know, that person, they only make such and such. It's going to be hard to get you a wife and be, be, you know, be real successful if you're only making, you know. Like God's not able to, to bless a $30,000 a year job. Like he can't make that job be the biggest blessing to you? I, 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 we, we make a very modest income. And you, I tell my stories all the time. Not to boast for me, but because I serve a supernatural God. And, and he, he takes what we have, and we, we live blessed. But we, get, we, give, we give probably, I just looked at our budget, about 25% of our income right now. Out the door. Given to, 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 to ministries, given here, given to other, other churches, other places. We, we get, we give out the door. I'm not, I'm not sitting on what God's given me. And I can't give it away. I can't give it all away. I said this other day and I'm, I'm standing by it. I'm, I'm serious, I'm dead, I shouldn't say dead. I'm very, very serious about this. I want to, to get to the point that, I, that, that my wife and I are giving 90% and living on 10. 
How can you do that? I mean, if you only make such and such, that would mean you're, you're living on, you know, if you only make 50000 then you'd only live on $5,000 a year. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that God will bless us to the point that I never go below the fifty. Then if 50 is what I need to live on, then God will give me 500000 so that I can give away 450 and live on the 50. Oh man, that's a bold statement. Well, watch. Y'all just watch. If you don't believe me, you don't have to believe that. You don't even have to like that I said that today. You can come to Family Worship Center and not believe that way. But watch. And I don't know how long it'll take. I don't care. But that's what I've set my heart to do. And the Bible says God will give us the desires of our heart. That's not a man desire. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I think I'll give away 90% of my income. That's a really good idea. That's a desire that God put in my heart. And I believe he'll make it come to pass. I believe he'll make it come to pass. Just watch. I'm not trying to sound cocky. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm in faith. Watch. And then God will make it happen. So how does this apply to you today? How, do, how, do, how does this work for you? How, what happens for your life? You serve a God. All right, we're going back to our statement. Ready? Say it with me. Say, I live, I live. a supernatural life. I serve a supernatural God. God wants me to have the supernatural. Amen. If you believe that this morning, give God some praise.